Hi there. It's Y'all Tuesday edition. This is the show all about the South. We're glad that you could take some time to join us here and learn about Dixie as we get closer and closer to the 4th of July. Hope you're off and having a great day today. Perhaps a lot of you are not working today. You're out doing a little chore or perhaps you're in the yard cutting grass trying to have that perfect yard for the 4th of July. It doesn't matter what way you're getting us. We're just glad that you're getting us here on Y'all Talk with the Southern Accent with your host, John Rawl. Hey, today on the Y'all Show, we've got an action-packed Y'all Show. Lots of stories from throughout the South that we'll get to momentarily with our headlines. We'll have our political report, and we have some audio from MSNBC. They were breaking down the Georgia scene for the year 2020. Georgia, a state that has historically been quite red, but man, it's getting a little close to purple. Steve Kornacki, the guy that punches the numbers at MSNBC, he recently filed a report, and we're going to let you hear some of that here as he talks about Georgia and the year 2020 when it comes to the presidential race. Then we'll also go to Jackson, Mississippi. We'll go to WJTV, the CBS affiliate in Jackson, and they have a show on there called Mississippi Insight, and we're going to go listen in to their recent discussion about the governor's race and the attorney's general race going on in the state of Mississippi. Mississippi, it's election year in the Magnolia State this year, as the governor and a lot of the other key positions statewide are on the ballot. The primary in Mississippi is August 6th, and the general election is November 5th, I think it is, this fall. So we'll have a spotlight on Mississippi politics, plus in our political report later this hour, we'll let you know the best and worst cities that are, at least the way they are run, in America, according to Wallet Hub. They've come out with a new ranking, and some of our southern cities are ranked right there among the best cities, the way they are run, and one city in particular that's technically in the South is the worst city in the country. We'll let you know what city that is and some of its peer, poor performing cities when we get to that point of our political report later this hour. When we get to hour two, we'll start it off with Sports Lanyap, some sad news from Major League Baseball as a LA Angel player died while on a road trip in Arlington, Texas this past week, uh, over the weekend, found dead on Monday when I guess he was found dead in his hotel room. We'll give you the latest on that developing story. Sad news there from the Major League Baseball world. Also, we've got some college sports to pass along in our sports land yap, and, of course, other sports of note to let you know about, including NBA news, all that coming up at the top of the second hour. And then, hey, as I said, we're almost to the 4th of July, and our barrister of Bodacious Barbecue is ready to file his 4th of July report. We're going to talk to Matt Hermans about cooking hot dogs for the fourth of july we're going to talk about also getting ribs on the grill and cooking the perfect hamburger for the fourth of july and if we're lucky we're going to find out how to do all three at the same time that's when the barrister drops by in the second hour it's our bodacious barbecue report with matt Hermans. cannot wait for that in fact we'll actually take some time to see if he'll give us some tips about getting ready to cook it's one thing to cook but it's the preparation that Eh, frankly is my downfall so we'll get the barrister to weigh in on that when we get a chance to talk to him in the second hour also want to remind you that on wednesday it's our final show of the week we've got a shortened week thanks to the fourth of july holiday we'll be off thursday we'll be off friday if you're listening to us on one of our radio affiliates chances are you'll be getting encore episodes 
on the 4th of July and or on Friday, July 5th. Just want to point that out. If you're a podcast listener, no new shows being released at the end of the week. So we apologize, but we'll be ready to go when we get to July 8th. That would be Monday. If you want to reach us here on the Y'all Show, we welcome that. Our number is 803-816-1170. That is a number you can call 24-7, a number you can both text or call. Again, it's 803-816-1170. You can call with your feedback. You can call with questions. If you want to have a little complaint, filed our way we welcome it all y'all 803-816-1170 also want to let you know on facebook we are at y'all.com go there and you'll see each day a link that has our show when it's put up on the facebook page and it's got great little images to go along with it like us on facebook and you'll not only get the y'all.com podcast but you'll also get all of the really cool stories going up on y'all.com that usually average two to three stories a day. And you'll get a link to that if you like us on Facebook. So check it out, y'all.com there on Facebook. And of course, you can reach us through a couple of different phone numbers. If you want to call us or, or, or you, we already told you the phone number. There's a couple of different apps that we want to let you know about. If you want to find us that way, if you have a smartphone or you have an iPad, so easy to find us, go into the tune in radio app the iHeartRadio app, or the Apple Podcast app. They're all part of uh, part of iTunes there. All free of charge. All you have to do is pull it up on your phone, search for Y'all Show, and have it set up where this show automatically comes to your smartphone or iPad each and every day. So easy to keep up with the show. So easy to share it with a friend. If you, if you see an episode that you like or hear it and you say, golly, that is amazing. I think I want to share it with 5,000 of my closest friends with a touch of a button. You could do just just that well hope y'all are doing well hey i'm ready for the fourth of july as it's only hours away but until that time we still got lots of work to do let's start off with the headlines of the south and we're going to start off with two disturbing stories both racial related and not in a good way as we get our headlines going today in north carolina a man has been charged with posting an anonymous threat on social media to lynch a muslim candidate for a senate seat in virginia a warrant for the arrest of Joseph Cecil Vanderveer, who's 52 years old of Black Mountain, North Carolina. It was issued after his June 20th indictment, federal court records show. Authorities hadn't yet arrested Vanderveer as of Monday afternoon, according to a spokesperson for the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Western District of North Carolina. The indictment identifies the victim only by the initials QR. But Virginia State Senate candidate Kwasam Rashid posted a screenshot of the threatening tweet in March 2018 and flagged it for Twitter. Rashid also said he reported the threat to the FBI. But this person from Black Mountain, North Carolina, again, he is now facing a lot of problems after a warrant for his arrest, the arrest of Joseph Cecil Vanderveer, 52-year-old of Black Mountain, North Carolina, threatening a Muslim candidate in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Now to Mississippi. Mississippi certainly no stranger to cross burnings. In fact, every time you seem to cut on the TV and you find movies, there's a lot of movies that have cross burnings in Mississippi. Certainly something that's happened. I don't think it's anything that happens on a regular basis in today's world. But unfortunately, I'm telling you a story right now that is of today's world. A man in Mississippi, a white man, faces federal charges in a 2017 cross-burning outside the home of a black resident in a small town in Mississippi. This happened there in uh, south of Jackson, and this happened back in 2017, October 
of 2017 in Seminary, which is in Covington County, south of Jackson, Mississippi. Court documents show Graham Williamson is charged with intimidating and interfering with fair housing and conspiracy to use fire or explosive to commit a felony. The attorney for South Mississippi filed an information on June 24th saying that in October of 2017, Williamson and another man built a wooden cross and burned it with, quote, the intention of intimidating and frightening black residents of Seminary, Mississippi. The town's got about 300 residents, again, about an hour south of Jackson, Mississippi. An information is similar to an indictment, but is often filed when a person facing charges waives the right to have a grand jury consider a case. Now, his accomplice in that was Louis Bernard Rivette, a 37-year-old white man. And back in April, he pleaded guilty in the same cross-burning case to one count each of interfering with housing rights and using fire to commit a felony. And his sentencing is set for September in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. He faces up to 20 years in prison and fines of a half million dollars there for these alleged knuckleheads, one already convicted, one now being charged in a cross-burning incident near black residents home in south mississippi here's a wacky story coming from Bowie, maryland involving a award-winning opinion columnist from the miami herald a guy who actually has won a pulitzer and the pulitzer columnist leonard pitts jr was awoken at his Bowie, maryland home early sunday by a group of police officers who were responding to a 911 tip that someone had been killed inside his own home but it turned out this was all a hoax, and the Bowie Police Department called Pitts shortly before 5 and told him they had received an anonymous report that his wife or someone else was being murdered. Authorities instructed Pitts to stay on the phone and go out of the front door of his house. When he got outside, an officer with a loudspeaker ordered him to put the phone down immediately and slowly proceed toward a spotlight being held by another officer. And he told the Miami Herald that he knew that if he remained calm, it would be fine because there was nothing to hide. He was handcuffed and questioned behind a police car while other officers searched the house for a dead body, only to find Pitts' wife, his older daughter, and her spouse and a three-year-old granddaughter all alive and well in the home. Isn't that a terrible prank if that was intended to be a prank, a hoax at at least for this award-winning columnist Leonard Pitts Jr. there in Bowie, Maryland? Thankfully, nothing bad to report there, and maybe they'll find out who called that terrible hoax in to the police there back to florida and in broward county the sheriff's office has lost its accreditation after the school shooting there at marjorie stoneman douglas high school in south florida and also at a florida airport shooting and because that the largest sheriff's office in the sunshine state has sustained another blow after it was revealed on monday that this state panel in tallahassee voted to revoke the law enforcement accreditation of the controversial department and now the Broward County Sheriff's Office back in the news in the wake of mishandling two major mass shootings in its jurisdiction. The Commission for Florida Law Enforcement Accreditation voted 13 to 0 to strip the Broward County Sheriff's Office of the accreditation, citing the missteps from the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland in 2018. That shooting, of course, killing 17. And then in 2017, a shooting at the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport And that was another disaster for the sheriff's office there. The county sheriff of Monroe County, which is where Key West is, I wouldn't mind having that gig. Rick Ramsey, the Monroe County sheriff, said the law enforcement agencies are supposed to prove that proper standards and regulations are in place in addition to personnel that are following 
those rules. Last week, Sheriff Gregory Tony of Broward County said that Deputies Edward Eason and Josh Stombaugh were fired as a result of an internal affairs investigation for their inaction following the Valentine's Day 2018 shooting at the school there in Parkland, Florida. But more unfortunate news for Broward County and the citizens of that county. If you're in Alabama this week, you better be careful because there's something called Super Nest that house up to 15,000 yellow jackets that are being discovered in the heart of Dixie. And these things, again, have 15,000 yellow jackets, and they've been popping up in Alabama. Experts warn many more of the car-sized yellow jacket hives are likely to pop up throughout the state before the perennial invasion is over. At least two perennial yellow jacket nests were spotted in the southern state in May, and researchers with the Alabama Cooperative Extension System, ACES, believe that due to milder winters and an abundant food supply, that these yellow jackets are able to survive and enter spring with much larger numbers, resulting in the appearance of the nest. The first such super nest of yellow jackets was discovered many years ago, but now in Alabama, you're seeing a lot more. And in fact, this isn't just an Alabama thing. According to an entomologist with ACES, one nest in South Carolina has been discovered not long ago with 250,000 yellow jackets in that yellow jacket super nest. Please be careful. Be on the lookout. And especially if you're going to be out, let's say, cutting grass. Remember, I think it's yellow jackets that like to be in the ground. I think I'm right on that. And if you're cutting grass and let's say you're bush hogging here in the month of July, be extra careful because I think it's the rattling of the ground that really gets them fired up and angry and they'll come out. With every occasional wasp thing, a person's chances of becoming sensitive to the venom increases. Knowing the basic information about these insects may reduce your chances of getting stung. That a, a message put out on Twitter from ACES and their extension office there in Alabama. But it's it's summertime now, and we know all about yellow jackets, but I, I've never heard of such a thing anywhere, and especially now that it's in Alabama, it's been in South Carolina, chances are whatever state you're in, you better be on the lookout for yellow jackets and super nest of yellow jackets. Hey, here's another pest story when it comes to animals to let you know about. This one could have been a real, real problem, but luckily it's just a goofy headline here. But from Moody Air Force Base in Georgia, the U.S. Air Force says it's investigating after a fighter jet struck a bird and dropped three dummy bombs used for training over North Florida. This air base in the Warner Robins area of Georgia said in a news release there was no immediate reports of injuries or damage after the 25-pound non-explosive training munitions were dropped Monday afternoon by an A-10C Thunderbolt II jet. The base said a bird strike had caused an inadvertent release of the three dummy bombs. The Air Force said it didn't know where the training bombs landed, but the suspected area was about 54 miles south of the base near Sewanee Springs in North Florida. The Air Force said the dummy bombs, though inert, contain small pyrotechnic charges and should not be handled. So if you're out in the Sewanee Springs area of North Florida, you better be careful. Be on the lookout not only for super nests of yellow jackets, but also for these dummy bombs being dropped from this Air Force jet, all caused by bird a bird strike there in the Georgia-North Florida area. 
Well, an update to a story we told you about last week. A group that has been flying a makeshift Confederate flag on the Statehouse grounds in Columbia, South Carolina, did not fly it on the anniversary of the day that the flag was first taken down under Nikki Haley's watch as governor a couple of years ago. And actually, a group against the Confederate flag got the permit to be on the grounds of the Statehouse in Columbia. But now supporters of the flag, they're going to be a few days late this year, but they're marking the anniversary of the Confederate flag's removal from the South Carolina Statehouse grounds. A group called Flags Across the South does have a permit for a rally outside the Capitol on July 13th and plans to fly the Confederate flag from a temporary flagpole from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. The event will be held three days after the fourth anniversary of the date state officials removed the banner from outside the Statehouse next to the Confederate monument on Main Street there in Columbia. And this followed the racially motivated shooting at Emanuel Church in Charleston, South Carolina. And as I've said before, a shooting tragic as it is had nothing to do with the Confederate flag. It was stupid that it was ever brought into the argument by Nikki Haley, who was was and still is seeking a higher office, if you ask me. And uh, we'll see what happens. But again, this group, although kind of probably going to be hot and kind of goofy with probably very few people out there in the middle of July, they have the constitutional right to go out there and fly the flag. And there's people going out there before them a couple of days before had the constitutional right to protest the flag. And ain't America great. Making America great right there in South Carolina with opposing sides all over a piece of fabric. That still means a lot to a lot of people. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we will have more headlines. And you don't want to miss that. And we've got some crazy headlines, especially one coming from Middle Tennessee that you, you're just not going to believe. We have all that coming your way when we return on the Y'all Show. Message and data rates may apply. Up to eight messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. Here's news so exciting, it'll put you right to sleep. Right now, Purple Mattress is celebrating the 4th of July by giving you 10% off your Purple Mattress. That's right. Get 10% off your purchase of a Purple Mattress right now during their huge 4th of July sale. This is your best chance to savor this true scientific breakthrough in sleep comfort. Purple is not memory foam. These patented new materials in a brand new design cradle your pressure points, suspend you in the feeling of weightlessness, and let you sleep cooler, deeper, and better than you ever imagined. And even better than waking up refreshed? Waking up with all the extra money you saved. You can even try the Purple Mattress risk-free for 100 nights. Hurry, don't miss your chance to get a Purple Mattress with their best deal ever. 10% off for a limited time during the huge 4th of July sale. Get 10% off a Purple Mattress by texting TRY to 303030. Text TRY to 303030. That's T-R-Y to 303030. Time for me to hit on down the line. 
we are getting closer and closer and closer to going to get in the car or whatever you might be doing, getting on a train or plane, going somewhere maybe for a long holiday weekend. Happy 4th of July, everybody. It's y'all talk with a Southern accent with your host, John Rawl. And yeah, this is a very busy travel week. In fact, a headline coming from NBC News, AAA predicts nearly 49 million Americans will travel over the 4th of July. And I'm raising my hand. I'm one of those 49 million Americans hitting the highway. And I bet you a lot of you are doing exactly the same thing. The 4th of July is the busiest, busiest. 4th of July travel period ever tracked, according to the AAA. The company predicts that, again, it will have a holiday getaway with 49 million Americans on the road. It's the highest number of travelers on record since AAA began recording the numbers in the year 2000, according to the AAA spokesperson. So, hey, if you're driving out there, be extra careful, be extra safe. I think gas prices have come down a little bit here in the last couple of days. They could come down a little bit more if you ask me, but be careful out there on the roads. It's hot. It's going to be a long drive for a lot of you, especially if you're going from some corners of the region to, let's say, the beach in Florida. You got a 10, 12, 14 hour ride, but buckle up, be safe, and let's all get back here after the holiday and keep on going with the y'all fun. Now, in Middle Tennessee, we have a story coming to you from Franklin and it's no big story whenever you have a car dealership broken into and let's say a car gets stolen in the middle of the night. That's not so newsworthy, but at Walker Chevrolet on South Carruthers Parkway in Franklin on Monday, they had quite a break in. Seven cars reported stolen from Walker Chevrolet, and that included a high-end Corvette. Officers were summoned to the dealership early on Monday after an arriving employee found that a side glass door had been shattered and employees told investigators there that those seven vehicles were indeed stolen. And then that Corvette valued at $150,000 was taken in the night. Investigators say it appears that portions of the fence were cut to gain access to the rear of the property and to remove the vehicles surveillance video not immediately made available but the police lieutenant there in Franklin, Charles Warner, said there's no doubt in our mind the people involved in this theft definitely knew what they were doing, what they were here to do. This was all planned out. This was well executed. You think taking seven cars, including one valued at $150,000. Well, if I had $150,000 and I wanted to spend it on a car, I don't think I'd be spending it on a Corvette. God bless them. God bless Bowling Green, the home of the Corvette. But I think $150,000, if I had it, I'd have to be spending it on something <laughs> made on the European land, like some kind of Mercedes or some kind of other fancy Italian car. Because that just seems to be a little bit more, ooh, Corvette. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't really get into sports cars. That's me. Maybe you get into it. Regardless, whatever you're into driving these days, again, as a reminder, it's 4th of July. Buckle up, drive safe in your Corvette or in your Ferrari. Makes no difference. Be safe out there, y'all. And good luck to everybody there in Franklin in getting those cars back. What a what a tough thing to have to deal with here. It's, it's tough enough for the auto dealers of the world to sell cars, and now they have them stolen from them in Franklin, Tennessee. Georgia, hey, speaking of Tennessee, Tennessee just issued a new law to all its residents starting on july 1st and that is hands free you better not be on the phone with your hands or you're going to be in big trouble with tennessee law enforcement 
Now, I thought this rule was done for safety purposes. And deep down, I'm sure it is. In fact, there's a lot of states now. We just told you on Monday that Florida has had a similar law passed there in the Sunshine State. And a lot of southern states now have our hands-free laws. But how about this story coming from Georgia? As Georgia just made it legal or illegal to have a phone in your hand last year. So it's been on the books in Georgia for a year now. According to the Georgia Department of Public Safety, Georgia has written a total of 24,862 citations on the Georgia hands-free law since the year that it's gone into effect. The number translates to roughly 68 citations per day since the law went into effect. Now, here is what you need to know about those citations. Assuming an average ticket cost of $100 based on the three-tiered system of $50 for the first fine, 100 for the second fine and 150 for the third fine in Georgia. Assuming all the citations were paid, Georgia, the state that is, has made almost two and a half million dollars on citations for the hands-free law. Now that just might be a reason Tennessee, perhaps Florida and all these other states are really pushing these hands-free laws. But also we all know that texting and driving can lead to disastrous results in fact i'll have a story on our sports portion of today that i don't know what the reason was but the play-by-play voice of auburn was killed back in may he and his wife when a youngster ran up behind them and i'm afraid that might have been part of the reason that someone was not paying attention when they were going down the road more on that coming up in our sports in the second hour of today's y'all show back into the headlines and we'll go to annapolis maryland where the highest court of maryland has suspended a baltimore judge for six months without pay for what's called a pattern of discourtesy and uncontrollable incivility judge devi patterson russell's suspension has now begun the maryland court of appeals wrote that her behavior judge devi patterson russell her behavior had pervasive effects on the administration of justice and this court ruled that from 2007 to 2015 judge russell failed to handle and process search warrant materials properly and also wrote that she instructed a law clerk to destroy warrant materials and repeatedly yelled at court clerks and judges and this ruling said that Her reinstatement is based on finishing a complete emotional and behavioral assessment by a qualified healthcare professional. My question to you, Marylanders, is what in the world is this judge still doing, practicing or on patrol there in Baltimore, this judge, and suspended six months without pay for, again, a pattern of discourtesy and uncontrollable incivility? Would you like to have a judge like that representing you or or? on the bench when you go to court i don't think so of course maryland's not going to win an award for the most sane state out there if you ask me hey are you looking to maybe boost your income these days you need a little side money and maybe delivering pizzas isn't quite your formula for making a little extra cash well you might want to think about heading to the pelican state because louisiana is up in the price per tail for hunting nutra Nutras are known for harming marsh ecosystems, and wildlife officials in Louisiana are going to be paying hunters who catch the large aquatic rodent more money 
because they hurt the ecosystems of Louisiana. The bounty for catching or killing, a, I think you have to show a tail for a nutra. The bounty is going from $5 to $6 after fewer nutras have been caught than in the past. And again, nutras, if you're not familiar with them, are webbed-toed, buck-toothed rodents that are in between the size of muskrats and beavers. Scary-looking things. And in fact, they've gone from Louisiana now in the swamps of Louisiana to just about every southern coastal state. If you have a state that touches either the Atlantic or the Gulf of Mexico, you probably have neutra somewhere in your swamps. Officials hope the greater sum, the increase from 5 to $6, will encourage more hunters to kill neutras during the 2019 to 20 season. All they have to do is bring the tails in as proof to cash in. So this is the type of hunting you can actually get money for hunting. Now, we all need to encourage people to go to Louisiana and get rid of those darn neutra, an invasive species, which I'll tell you, I don't, I, want, I don't want to go into it, but Google it sometime and you'll never eat Tabasco hot sauce again if you hate neutra. There's a connection there. I'll just let you do your own research on that one if you don't believe me. And no, it has nothing to do with putting Tabasco on a cooked neutra. Hopefully nobody eats neutra in louisiana or anywhere but uh yeah this has nothing to do with the 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 actual eating and devouring of neutra now let's go to texas and texas has rejected 3800 personalized license plates from the year 2018 dmv workers have reviewed the license plate applications based on texas's administrative code now this is probably news in every southern state but i only have this now for the 3,800 proposed personalized license plates in Texas. And I have some of these that I'm going to share with you for a good laugh, okay? Now, according to the Texas Administrative Code, any mention of race, ethnicity, gender, or sexual orientation, whether the reference is derogatory or not, is rejected. Now, here are a few of the rejected ones that have just come out from the Texas Department of Motor Vehicles. D-M-P-T-R-M-P. That would be dump Trump. Uh, here's another one, I guess, related to our commander in chief, L O K H M U P lock him up. (laughs) Now for the Trump fans out there, this one was rejected. C N N fake. (laughs) All right. That one, uh, I might have to get that one in another state. I wonder if Mississippi would reject that one or Tennessee. All right. Here's some more that had non-political messages that also were rejected by the folks there in austin and here's one that's got h the letter h then i i ugly high ugly i guess is what that is another one h-a-i-l-y-a-h hail ya and another one and this is my car if you see me driving around the south with this personalized license tag i get i guess i can't get it in texas but this one is the one that i would put in my on the back of my ferrari get in eight kd get naked yeah that is pretty redneck and kudos to the officials there in austin for getting rid of some of these idiotic suggestions for license plate but if you can pass it through more power to you there in austin and now here's one of two dumb stories of the day that would be d-u-m-m dumb stories of the of the day and this comes to us from mount holly north carolina where a man has filed a handwritten lawsuit against a fast food chain hardy's saying he was discriminated against because he had too few hash browns 
with his breakfast order. Tommy Martin of Mount Holly filed a lawsuit on Monday in U.S. District Court in Charlotte. He claims that because he's black, he got fewer hash browns than is typically served with Hardy's breakfast platter. He said a cashier tried to correct the situation before a manager intervened and eventually refunded the purchase. Martin called local police over the May 2018 incident. He said his civil rights were violated and the slight created a fear of food. Representatives from Hardee's didn't immediately respond to an email seeking comment Monday. Now, is that not the dumbest thing you've ever heard of? This guy, Tommy Martin, Mount Holly, North Carolina, claiming discrimination because he didn't get enough hash browns with his Hardee's breakfast meal. <laughs> All right, but that's only one of two dumb stories. I told you we've got more than one. This comes to us from Nashville. A man is accused of joyriding through downtown Nashville on a stolen scissor lift. This 23-year-old man stole the lift from an undisclosed restaurant in Nashville and then took it on a ride through downtown over the weekend. Hunter Pullins was booked into Metro Jail on charges of joyriding, vandalism, and public intoxication. I'm glad he was drunk because if he'd have done this sober he would have been a real idiot. But Metro Police responded around 6.30 Saturday evening to the area of 3rd Avenue South and Demumbrium Street where a man told officers that the restaurant's scissor lift had been stolen and somebody was riding it around. An officer eventually located the suspect at 4th Avenue South in Demumbrium, only one block away, where he reportedly admitted to stealing and driving the scissor lift, but eventually high-centered it on the sidewalk, stranding it with all the wheels off the ground. And when he was taken into custody... Pullen smelled of alcohol, was unsteady on his feet, and had slurred speech and red, watery eyes. By the way, a scissor lift is $10,000, and it was evidently broken by the suspect, according to the restaurant. Pullen was released on Sunday from the Metro Jail on a $1,300 bond. Again, joyriding on a stolen scissor lift and breaking it, causing mayhem in Music City. And Mr. Hunter Pullins has a lot of splaining to do to the restaurant there and he better go find another job on the side to pay for a ten thousand dollar scissor lift and all the other legal problems he's created for drinking and driving a scissor lift i guess that would be a new charge that tennessee legislators can come up with on the hill well that is a list of some of the stories of the news items of note today on the y'all show hey we have some political news we want to talk about when we come back in fact we'll start it off after the break with the best run cities in america a couple of these are from dixie we also have some of the worst run cities in america from wallethub.com they just came out with the research we'll let you know about that we'll talk about georgia and the 2020 presidential campaign also what's going on in mississippi politics and in louisiana a statewide bus tour is out to register black voters we'll let you know all of that when our y'all political spotlight comes up after the break Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It is our y'all political time here where we take a little time each week to kind of go dive headfirst into what's going on politically in the region. And this 
first story is really about more of the local politics of Dixie. And WalletHub has just released the best-run cities in America. It's a overall ranking of 150 cities in the good old U.S. of A. And we'll start off with a couple of the best-run cities, and then we'll go to the bottom of the list and spit out a couple of the worst-run cities in America. And the worst city in America, according to WalletHub, is within the borders of the South. So we'll let you know about the worst in a second. But kudos to the best-run cities. Nampa, Idaho, the number one city in all of America. And I'm sure you're like me. Where the heck's Nampa, Idaho? Never heard of it. Number two, Provo, Utah. That's a college town. They come in at number two. Boise, Idaho is at number three. Hey, somebody's rigging this thing from Idaho and Utah. I'm telling you. Number four, though, in the best run cities in America, according to Wild Hub, Durham, North Carolina. Congratulations, Durham. Number five is Lexington and Fayette, Kentucky. Kudos to all you in the bluegrass. Number eight on the list is Virginia Beach, Virginia. Then that's good news. In a city that just had a tragic shooting, Virginia Beach checks in at number eight in the best cities, at least the overall best run cities in America. And our final town in the South that I'll list off is another North Carolina city coming in at number 16, Raleigh, North Carolina. Now let's go down to the complete opposite of the worst run cities in America. Washington, D.C., the worst-run city, according to WalletHub. Now, here's some towns just below Washington, or above, however you want to look at this, that are surprising to me. The next-to-worst city, according to WalletHub, in all of America, Gulfport, Mississippi, 149 on this list. Now, Chattanooga is at 147. New York City, we know that Bill de Blasio has no business running for a president. When his city checks in at number 146 in the best list, so that would be about the fifth worst city in America. And Chattanooga is right there by New York City on this list. That's not good news. St. Louis is also near the bottom of the list. Memphis is at 136. Worst cities, according to Wild Hub. I encourage y'all to go to Wild Hub and, and look at the information and kind of come up with your own rankings. But these are their overall rankings of the best and worst cities in all of the land. One other thing that they pointed out, the highest high school graduation rate in America, Chesapeake, Virginia, is at number one. Frederick, Maryland, number two. Virginia Beach checks in at number five. Chicago is at number three. Who knew that our third largest city in the country had such a high high school graduation rate? But that is good news for the Windy City. A lot of other interesting info if you want to check it out at WalletHub.com. Now, let's go to presidential politics, if you will. And MSNBC has a guy that's been kind of crunching numbers there, does a pretty good job. I like to watch him when it gets to be presidential politics, at least. Steve Kornacki, he's got, a, I think, his own show there sometimes. And he was just on with Brian Williams on a report about the debate they had last week in Florida and the road to Florida. They stopped by Georgia for a quick look at Georgia and the year 2020, their presidential campaign. Steve Kornacki filed a report. We're going to go listen to this from MSNBC and hear his thoughts about eh, Georgia potentially going from red, maybe to purple, but maybe even the, even the blue in 2020. What in the world is going on in the Peach State? Let's listen to what Steve Kornacki said. One of the reasons 
They talk about Georgia being more competitive. It's in the Atlanta metro area. It's in the suburbs in part, just outside Atlanta, the 6th district, the 6th congressional district. We've talked a lot about this one at a big special election there a couple years ago. Here's why. The 6th district, watch this trajectory. Back in 2012, Romney won this congressional district by 24 points. Rock-ribbed Republican suburban. Donald Trump comes along. He wins the district, but only by a point in 2016. Look at that massive shift toward the Democrats. There was that special election I mentioned in 2017, early in the Trump administration. The Republicans did win it. They won it by four points. Democrats said, hey, the good news for them is that presidential resistance to Trump. Maybe you're seeing that in this House race now. And then last fall in the midterm, There it is. Lucy McBath, Democrat, wins the district. So that kind of movement in the suburbs, some population changes in Atlanta itself, that area of Georgia. Democrats think maybe, maybe Georgia is the kind of state they could, in a little bit of a surprise, put in play. So it could make, and from Democrat standpoint, they could make it a blue state in 2020. So from the green of Augusta to red and blue, a little bit of everything there. Battleground Georgia, that from Steve Kornacki of MSNBC and their discussion about georgia and the 2020 presidential campaign well hey that this uh, that's that's fun and exciting in georgia but it's already getting hot in kentucky at least from a state standpoint for governor man it is getting wild and crazy between attorney general andy Bashir and the governor matt bevan these two are going after it for the governor of the commonwealth of kentucky and both were at a joint appearance over the last couple of days and at this appearance you saw the Bashir, he used his appearance with Governor Bevan to demand that Bevan stop his labor cabinet from issuing subpoenas to educators for sick outs. Multiple boards of education received subpoenas from the labor cabinet asking for names of teachers who called in sick during protest at a state capitol. And Bashir put a tweet out that said, protecting public education is about right versus wrong. So today I called on Matt Bevan to finally do something right. This governor needs to fire his labor cabinet secretary if he doesn't stop trying to punish and fine teachers up to $1,000. And again, these two two, appearing together, getting a little, little, little heated there about the walkouts of teachers in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Now to Louisiana and a group there is trying to register voters. There's a statewide bus tour to register voters. Black Voters Matter, a vote a bus that I saw working in some other states like Tennessee in 2018, and now they're riding the roads of Louisiana with the goal to register convicted felons whose voting rights were restored earlier this year in Louisiana, but also trying to get a bunch of black votes onto the voting rolls of the Pelican State, and this tour working its way across the state of Louisiana. The voice of the experienced is what it's called, Vote. And that, along with Black Voters Matter in Louisiana, if you're in Louisiana, check out this big black bus with some, I guess, logos on the side of the state of Louisiana and a big old Black Voters Matter. I've seen this bus before in another state, although it didn't have the Louisiana logo on it in Tennessee, where I saw it. Now, let's go to Mississippi. In Mississippi, they've got a big governor's race going on there this year. In fact, the primary for Mississippi is on August 6th. And things are getting hot, at least on the primary side, Republican and Democrat in the Magnolia State. And it's going to be really crazy to see who's going to become the new governor of Mississippi. Because Phil Bryant, he's being outed. He's an incumbent governor. He cannot run for a third term. So on the Republican side, you've got three gentlemen who've all announced 
for governor on the Republican side. Robert Foster, a state representative from DeSoto County. Tate Reeves, who's currently the lieutenant governor of Mississippi. And then on the Republican side, you also have William Waller Jr. He is the former chief justice of the Mississippi State Supreme Court, and Waller is the son of a former governor of Mississippi. You also have on the Democratic side running for governor in Mississippi a whole bunch of candidates. Some of these I won't take the time to list off. Probably the leading guy is Jim Hood. He's currently Mississippi's attorney general. He also will be in this race against William Bond Compton, who's run a bunch of times in Mississippi, and also a guy who's a district attorney in Hines County, Robert Shuler Smith. And there's about seven other people, too. I won't bore you with that, but it looks like Jim Hood should emerge as the Democratic primary winner. The real fun is on the Republican side, where Tate Reeves, although the lieutenant governor is no shoe-in that he's going to be picked in August to be the Republican nominee for governor in Mississippi. Waller kind of comes from the pedigree. He's got a lot going for it. And then you got Foster, who's actually in the Mississippi State House right now as a representative from DeSoto County. And he's stirring it up. He's trying to take the whole Trump approach and be the most conservative of all running. So it's going to be fun. Well, in Mississippi, if you go to Jackson, the state capital, you might find on WJTV Channel 12, the CBS affiliate, a show called Mississippi Insight. And they had some fun this week talking about the race for governor in Mississippi here in August and then the general election in November. And also a little bit about the attorney general's race that Jim Hood, who is currently the attorney general, he's not running for that position. He's running for governor this year. So you've got some folks running for that position of note as well, including Lynn Fitch, who's currently the treasury person of Mississippi. And let's go in and listen to this political program on Channel 12 in Jackson, Mississippi, Mississippi Insight, and their panel of pundits on the political side of the Magnolia State. So all kinds of kind of crazy things can happen in a Democratic primary. That said, I think Hood is a, is a, is a strong candidate. Um, in the fall, you know, I think President Trump is going to loom large over the electoral landscape in Mississippi. He likes it here. I think he wants to be here. Um, he is really popular in that northeast corner of the state where Jim Hood is from. I think it's going to be a huge battleground. I think there in the coast are going to be the two places where the governor's race is going to be decided. So you expect to see the president in Mississippi no come doubt. the fall to make sure that Republicans retain that seat? I do. I think, he'll be, I think he will be active here, likely in person, but if not in person, I think certainly through his endorsement. Talk about uh, on the Republican side. You've had these debates going on the Republican side. What do you make of the debates? And, and, and do you see this being a, a close race in the primary, or do you see Tate Reeves just taking it? Well, I, the closest correlate I've seen is in 2011 uh, when Phil Bryant was a one-term lieutenant governor. He got challenged by a coast businessman named Dave Dennis, um, and that wasn't a blowout. I mean, it was, I think, uh, Bryant won and won comfortably, I think, with but it was less than 60% of the vote. And I think it's going to be a real, uh, I mean, I think it's a real race. I mean, I think that Tate Reeves has an obvious money advantage, but I think that uh, that he will, um, I think it's going to be a, a real race, but I do expect him to ultimately prevail. Is he not, Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves, not calculating the impact of Representative Robert Foster or Bill Waller, who was recruited to I think, run against him? <laughs> I think there's a good case that could be made that he initially was not really, you know, counting the impact of Robert Foster. His name recognition out of, so one-term House member, um, his name recognition out of DeSoto County really wasn't that strong. But I think he is very much taking into account the impact of uh, Bill Waller Jr., who, you know, has name recognition 
not only from being the Chief Justice of the State Supreme Court, but from his father, who was governor, you know, 45 years ago. And, you know, if you're driving down the highway, you see, you know, Bill Waller memorial signs and uh, along the state. And so I think, you know, I think Waller has been, a lot of people have been talking about internal polls, and I think, you know, from what I hear, Waller's internal polls are pretty strong. Um, I think he really is making a big push. He's got energy, he's getting out there, he's campaigning across the state, and I think he's really trying to sort of be that guy, nipping at the lieutenant governor's heels, and, you know, I think that's kind of where he's positioning himself right now. All right, those voices there from WJTV, Channel 12, the CBS affiliate in Jackson, Mississippi, the show called Mississippi Inside. You can find that if you want to go search for it and see it in its entirety. But they are discussing there the Mississippi race this year for governor and attorney general and all the other statewide offices of the Magnolia State that are on the ballot this year. Again, the primary, August 6th. The general election is in early November. And that is our Y'all Spotlight on Politics here on this Tuesday edition. When we come back in hour two, we'll have our sports land yap get us going for the start of the hour with the sad news of a Major League Baseball pitcher who was found dead in Texas on Monday. We'll have that plus all the other college sports news to pass along. And then our barrister of Bodacious Barbecue will be on for his discussion of Fourth of July. He'll talk about Fourth of July when it comes to cooking hot dogs, July 4th fun when it comes to cooking ribs and hamburgers and a whole lot more fun coming from Matt Hermans. That's all ahead in hour two. You don't want to miss it. This is y'all. You're catering a wedding and the bride says, everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. Back into another hour of the show that's all about the South. This is y'all so good to have you back. John Rawl in the captain's chair. Our number 803-816-1170. We'd love to hear from you here as we start this hour off with a little sports lanyap. Taking a little dive across all forms of sports here on this Tuesday edition. And sadly, we start off from the world of the Major League Baseball ranks and a pitcher with the L.A. Angels organization, Tyler Skaggs, a 27-year-old pitcher, was found dead in his hotel room in Texas at South Lake, Texas, on Monday. This is a developing story, but it stunned the baseball world, and they ended up postponing the Angels game against the Texas Rangers on Monday. Police responded to a report of an unconscious man in a hotel room in South Lake, and there they pronounced Skaggs dead at the scene. No foul play is suspected, and an investigation is ongoing. And the police spokesperson for South Lake said it is not suspected that Skaggs took his own life, according to the L.A. Times. But a terrible story there of this up-and-coming pitcher, who, again, was only 27 years old and had been pitching for the A's or Angels rather for a couple of days. In fact, he played uh, against the A's, the Oakland A's, this past weekend when he pitched out in Anaheim. At Angel Stadium, 
there against the Oakland A's this past weekend. Outside of Angel Stadium, fans have laid flowers and other memorabilia in remembrance of Skaggs. He was a Californian native and sadly dead at the age of 27. More on this sad and developing story from the Major League Baseball ranks. A departure in California from the NBA ranks, and this involves a former Texas Longhorn college star. Kevin Durant is moving on from the Golden State Warriors. He's going to be a Brooklyn Net. But the Warriors issued a statement Monday thanking Kevin Durant and announcing that no player will ever wear jersey number 35 for the Golden State Warriors. Again, the statement from the co-chairman and CEO Joe Lacob said that Durant carried himself with class and dignity both on and off the court. And he helped the Warriors win two NBA championships in three seasons while in Oakland. And he'll begin the next chapter of his career in Brooklyn, where he plans to sign a four-year contract worth up to $164 million. He'll join free agents Kyrie Irving and DeAndre Jordan in Brooklyn as well, who plan to sign with the Nets. But Durant, who's got an injury problem, may not even play all of this coming season, will not be suiting up for the soon-to-be Golden State Warriors based in San Francisco in the 2019-20 season. They're moving into a new arena there in the city of San Francisco. Now, back to another sad story. We told you back in May about the unfortunate deaths of both Rod Bramlett and his wife, Paula. They were killed in Auburn, Alabama. Rod was the voice of the Auburn Tigers for many, many years, and he was killed on May 25th when a 16-year-old driver came plowing into the back of the Bramlett's car. The Auburn police said in a statement that Johnston Edward Taylor of Auburn was arrested at his home on Monday, and the 16-year-old is charged with two counts of manslaughter and is now being held at the Lee County Jail on a $50,000 bond. Rob Bramlett was 53 years old. Paula, his wife, 52, both died from injuries sustained in the car wreck on Suge Jordan Parkway on May 25th. Police previously said the 2011 Jeep Cherokee that Taylor was driving was struck struck the rear of the Bramlett's 2017 Toyota Highlander. The statement from Auburn police said a report from the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency's Traffic Homicide Unit confirmed that Taylor's vehicle was traveling at an excessive rate of speed well over the posted 55-mile-per-hour limit when the crash occurred. And the statement said a toxicology Analysis from the Alabama Department of Forensic Sciences confirmed the presence of marijuana in Taylor's system. So I had hinted in hour one that perhaps he was a distracted driver. Uh, looks like maybe there was at least the presence of marijuana in his system that affected him plowing into the Bramlets and taking both of their, their lives there. And a, a Broad Bramlett, known for his great calls of Auburn sports, taken way too soon. And for he and his wife to be killed right there, in Auburn, Alabama, a sad thing there for the Auburn family, but to the Bramlets and to all of Auburn Nation, uh, tough to, to get over that one and in a very heartfelt way. I, all I can say is War Eagle. Here's a blast from the past making news in Baton Rouge. Coach O. Ed Orgeron has gone back to one of his peers that he was around, at least to some degree, when he was an assistant coach for the Southern Cal Trojans in Los Angeles. And now Coach O. is bringing in a legend in Southern Cal coaching fame and in the NFL as well, as LSU has fired or has hired former Southern Cal and L.A. Rams coach John Robinson. Now, raise, raise your hands here. Who thought that John Robinson – 
<laughs> the longtime coach has already dead. <laughs> Who knew that he was still alive? I'm sorry. I kind of thought he might have gone on to his maker because I haven't heard his name in years. But here we are, John Robinson, who was a national championship coach at USC, winning the 1978 title for the Trojans back 40 years ago. And he's now been hired at LSU to be a senior consultant to Coach Ed Orgeron. He guided USC to that championship, and then he helped guide USC to five Pac-10 championships. And he last coached in U- at UNLV in 2004. That was after many years coaching the L.A. Rams and being in the NFL ranks. Coach Robinson is now 83 years young, and he coached the Rams – and he coached USC from 76 to 82 and then from 93 to 97. That was after his time coaching the Rams and even appeared in an NFC championship game. He has an overall college coaching record of 132-77-4, an NFL regular season record of 75-68. and 68. He went 4-6 and six in the NFL playoffs. Didn't do too good at UNLV, but John Robinson back into the college ranks at the ripe age of 83 years old helping out coach oh 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 yeah yeah ed orgeron lsu reminder we're just what two months less than two months away from the start of college football cannot wait let's give you some college basketball news here on this tuesday as we told you recently that coach john calipari of the kentucky wildcats his own son is getting out of the program he's going to be transferring elsewhere brad calipari and it, it ends up being that Brad is going to be a basketball player for Detroit Mercy. All right, raise your hand. Have you ever heard of Detroit Mercy? Probably not. But he'll be able to play immediately as a graduate transfer. And he announced the move on Monday on social media. He's got two years of eligibility left for Detroit Mercy. And during his time at Kentucky, he said, I've grown from a kid to a man. I've got in the gym and earned the opportunity years ago and i've had the privilege of putting on that kentucky jersey for the last three years i wouldn't trade it for anything now i'm going to be a star in motown for detroit mercy which i think is a division one program don't ask me how i know that but i'm remembering college basketball we're pushing 300 programs strong all with a chance to possibly make it to the National championship to the Final Four. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that play college basketball. Detroit Mercy's just one of many, many. Now to a funny story coming to us as we wrap up our sports land. Yeah, back, back to the Major League Baseball ranks for our final story. And this one's so dumb and silly, but I just got to tell you, it has really nothing to do with the South, although one of the characters here is a Southerner. But the New York Mets this year are celebrating the 50th anniversary of their Miracle Mets when they won the 1969 World Series. And they are having all kinds of celebrations. I saw them play the Braves this past weekend. They got two gigantic pennants painted on the field recognizing that 1969 team. And as part of the 50th anniversary celebration, the New York Mets have this video montage that they've done of some of the dead players and in that message that has filled up the scoreboard at city field they expressed that on that video of some of the deceased members of the 69 team they included two that ain't dead <laughs> and over the weekend the mets had to go on to their video board and 
express deep regret to Jim Gosker and Jesse Hudson for putting their names and images in error during a We Remember segment of a ceremony honoring the 50th anniversary of those Miracle Mets on that video from Saturday's game against the Braves. And the club says it has spoken with both former players to apologize and wants to thank them along with their families and friends for their gracefulness and understanding. Now, Gosger is alive and well at 76 years old. He had 16 plate appearances for the 1969 Mets and came back to play for them in 1973 and 1974. Now, Jesse Hudson is from Mansfield, Louisiana, and Hudson is alive and well at the age of 70. Now, here's the crazy story. I guess both of these guys got World Series rings for their roles for the 1969 Miracle Mets. Jesse Hudson was a part of the New York Mets of 1969 for a total of two innings. He pitched only two innings that entire season and is included in the World Series honorees for his role there. He had a couple of years in the minors, but only two innings of Major League Baseball work, I think, ever for Jesse Hudson, Mansfield, Louisiana's star, as he faced 10 batters, allowing one run on two hits while striking out three batters and walking two. And one of the batters he struck out was future Baseball Hall of Fame inductee Willie Stargell back on September 19th of 69 when he made his one and only major league appearance pitched the final two innings of the Mets home loss to the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Mets would go on to win the pennant and then I think they defeated the Baltimore Orioles in the World Series of 1969 congratulations Mr. Hudson for being a part of a championship team even though you only threw two innings the whole year and uh, for being alive today and being Brought out on the Y'all Show 50 years after you were part of the New York Mets. Congratulations. Well, that is our sports lanyap here on this Tuesday, y'all. Hope you enjoyed that. When we come back, we're going to shift over to the barbecue grill. The barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans, is ready to go with all your 4th of July fun. If you're ready to get in the kitchen and cook up a hamburger or a hot dog or some ribs, Old Barrister himself has had, he's got all the goodies lined up. You don't want to miss it. It's up next as the Y'all Show continues. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirror bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. You're catering a wedding and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. Giant's firing up his Coleman grill 
We got 24 tall boys on the chill Yeah, 14 of them's mine A little Marshall Tucker on the radio You know we're just catching a little groove before the show We ain't playing nothing slow at the parking lot party A tailgate buzz just a sipping on suds ain't ever too the 4th of July is just a couple of hours away, and we are ready to celebrate good times with the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans. He joins us now. Barrister, this is like Christmas for you in July. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, I'm thinking there's a lot of uh, holidays throughout the year that people do like to grill, but um uh, I would say the 4th of July is probably the uh, the grilling holiday. If you had to pick one, I would say maybe maybe Labor Day, the 4th of July. I think everyone's doing some grilling outside if you can. Well, the television certainly helps out when they have things like the hot dog eating contest on, I think, on the 4th of July. Oh, so boy. Everybody uh-huh. wants to have their own Joey Chestnut experience. I mean, <laughs> do, do they, though? I mean, I've watched that before, and... uh Oh my goodness! Like in one way, it's impressive, and in another way, it just makes you absolutely sick to watch it. But uh, I think either way, it's like, man, I'm glad that's not me pounding sixty-five hot dogs or whatever. But hey, that's a skill, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Kudos to Joey. Well, Matt, here today, I want to talk to you about a bunch of different things, but I guess it's Fourth of July that maybe hot dogs get a little bit more attention than any other day on the grilling calendar and let's talk about what to buy because hot dogs come in a variety of choices from the el cheapo type to some are pretty expensive and i've been told that it makes a huge difference the if you're gonna spend a little bit of money on something hot dogs are a good investment well yes short-lived investment hopefully they will be uh consumed rather quickly but uh you're right there are uh, I guess the, the way to put it would be, and this would go for any type of meat, is a hot dog is not just a hot dog. So you've got a uh, full range. You've got your regular kind of Walmart, great value, or uh, maybe parade brand, store brand type hot dogs that are just hot dogs. And uh, then you can go all the way up and you can spend money on more expensive brands. There's a uh, there's a lot of different brands uh, at, at, at any grocery store. You can see some high-end, organic, all beef, um, longer, bigger, wider, and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, there there is a wide range of hot dogs, and not all hot dogs were created equal. Well, in put sp- it that way. In the spirit of Joey Chestnut, Nathan sponsors that hot dog eating contest. Yeah. Where does Nathan's fall on the list of hot dogs? Well, they are. Uh, they, I guess they would be one of your more premium brands um certainly more expensive than the uh the giant uh, packs of hot dogs from any number of of mass producers so uh, i'm a fan of nathan's hot dogs and i you know i wouldn't eat 60 of them like that i don't even know what his record is now but i wouldn't eat as many as as joey but uh i like them i think they're good Uh, i think they have a good flavor and they have a nice snap um when i say snap that means you know when you cook them you get a little uh, a little browning whether you uh, grill them whether you um whatever you do with them uh, you get a little pop when you when you bite into it and i like that in my hot dog instead of just kind of soft all the way through i like to have a little tooth, toothiness 
um, on the outside of it. So yeah, Nathan's are one of your one of your more premium brands, and I happen I happen to be a fan of them. I've never never received any sponsorship from them, but hey, as hot dogs goes, I like them. I've always I've always enjoyed them. We are working on that aspect right now, so just <laughs> settle down there, Mister Fourth of July boy. No, hey, I, I am completely uh, what do you call it. I'm untainted, and I am uh, I am independent. Put it that yeah. way. Well, we hope you get your fill of Nathan's hot dogs. Now, tell me the difference between I can visualize putting a hot dog like Nathan's on the grill and cooking it that way, but this whole steamed hot dog option is that something you do on a grill, or how does that even work? Um, yeah, so you don't. I, I guess you could on a grill. You could set up your little steam tray but there would be no point to doing it. It's, I mean, it's, it's not going to add anything to it unless you just want to cook outside. Then you probably could turn your grill on high, get the water to boil, put your little steam tray in there. So well, some people do like steamed hot dogs. There is a, um, a certain type of hot dog, particularly, uh, I want to say in Detroit, they do their own type of conies. Uh, I guess you call it a Detroit style coney. And those are typically, from what I understand, those are typically steamed hot dogs. So it creates, it's all about, whether you boil it, whether you steam it, whether you cook your hot dog on a griddle, whether you grill it, it's not going to necessarily change the taste of a hot dog. A hot dog is going to taste like what it's going to taste like, unless you smoke it or something. But it's not the kind of meat that you can really uh, get smoked down into. What you're doing is you're kind of changing the texture of it um, is what you're doing. So when you steam it, generally, uh, from from what I've been told, and I can't say that I've, I've – uh, you know, research this endlessly. I do like to grill things and not necessarily steam them, but what it, what it does is make, uh, give you that snappy skin. Um, what I kind of talked about before, as opposed to boiling them, uh, which can leave you with a little softer outside. So when you steam your hot dog, it heats them up, of course, because you've got boiling water turning into steam. But from what I understand, it gives you that pop on the outside of the skin that a lot of people like when you bite through the hot dog, you get the snap. And uh, from, so steaming can kind of enhance that as opposed to boiling. So that, that's the reason to steam. Okay. Well, I'm glad you clarified that. Now, whatever option you might choose, boiling, steaming, or cooking on the grill, you're not going to likely get any kind of food problems or food illnesses because all hot dogs are cooked before they are packaged, correct? That is correct, yeah. Every hot dog is a um, trying to make them sound as appetizing as possible. It is a, a paste uh, that is created by mixing different types of meats and seasonings and uh, preservation uh, type stuff. And it's shot kind of like you're making a sausage. It's kind of shot into uh, hot dog form through a, a what we call an expeller, and it's cooked. So every hot dog, uh, any hot dog you see in the store, no matter what brand it is, exactly, it's already been cooked. You can put it right directly into your mouth, cold out of the package, and I've seen some kids do that before, uh, but you know it's not my preferred method to eat. Yeah. It, but you sure as, you sure can, and okay. it's not going to hurt you. It's good. All right. Well, I just wanted to check that because we're talking about oh, you're safe. various types of hot dog options. We're talking about various methods to cook those dogs, and mm-hmm. I want to make sure that the listeners know that there's no matter which option you take, you're you're not going to 
wake up july 5th and read in the headlines that there's been all these people getting sick from eating hot dogs no no there's no doneness in other words there's no temperature gauge to make sure your hot dog's done like you would cooking a raw sausage okay they're done when they come out of the pack ah okay well that that's helpful now will you look down upon me if i confess something to you sir father it depends Go I, ahead. I have actually cooked <laughs> i've cooked hot dogs because you haven't talked about this method I've cooked hot dogs before in the microwave. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, I, I'm not going to look down on you. You know, uh, a microwave will get the job done if you just want a hot dog to warm up pretty quick. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure you are not the only one who's done it that but way. But it doesn't so leave I, the kind of taste that you're talking about with these other methods. Not, well, it can, like I say, the taste is going to taste the same, but it's going to make it from, from, my experience, I guess I'm admitting to having done this in the past. Too, oh, but, uh, really? I uh, know, busted. But it can give you kind of a rubbery, kind of floppy, kind of hot dog type uh, texture that, you know, uh, it's not, it'll, it'll warm it up for you, but uh, it's not, uh, it's not the best. I can tell you another method that some people, oh, most people well, probably haven't tried. That's why we have you on here, Barrister yeah, Podacious Barbecue. That's a uh, deep fried. Ooh, deep fried hot dogs like turkey. Yeah well sort of um basically you just you don't batter it or anything um i guess you could uh, corn dog is kind of a deep fried hot dog but that's a different subject for a different day put your hot dogs in uh in the in the uh hot oil whether you've got a deep fat fryer or you've got a skillet and that will give you the the ultimate in snappy crispy uh, <laughs> outside texture and uh it's not too bad it's pretty good well i'm looking forward to that but you just mentioned corn dogs have you ever made your own corn dogs? No, I haven't. I, that's the way, you know, I can't, I can't say that I've ever. And, and how would you pull I, off a feed if you, look, come on, you're the barrister. Let's put, let's, oh yeah. Okay. Pull, pull out Very your paper easy. and diagram this out for me. Cut. Yeah. Okay. So you want to have a hot dog, your hot dog, your choice. A corn dog. Um, correct. You start with a hot dog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you start with a hot dog. You want to stick a, you got to have your stick because you got to be able to eat it. Uh, off of a stick so you can buy a stick at the store you stick the hot dog pardon me you stick the stick up through the hot dog yeah you dunk it in the batter and there's all kinds of batters there's pre-mixed batter that you just make mix with milk or water um there's all kinds of different options uh, as far as batter you can make your own batter it's got cornmeal it's got flour a little bit of sugar salt um but make your batter dunk it uh, and then you just slop it into or slide it into uh, a fryer. You could even do it in a skillet if you had it uh, had the oil or fat deep enough. But uh, it's best in a little basket fryer. That's it. Take your hot dog, dunk it in your batter, uh, slide it into the fryer, and uh, golden brown, it's ready to roll. I love corn dogs. I love corn dogs, too. And I've got to give our friends from Oklahoma City a lot of credit. I think Sonic's done a great job of making corn dogs available all over the southeast. Yeah. That Sonic corn dog is is pretty legit. Oh, yeah. Well, let's be honest. I mean, how much of a difference is there between any corn dog? I mean, they're. Well, I guess the batter. Batter and the hot dog. And it's crispy. I feel like they're always, you know, the crispy. I I like to have a crispy outside. I don't like it terribly soft i like it to be nice and brown and you know crispy and i'm only giving sonic love because they're the only fast food chain that i know that always has corn dogs on the menu well me too i can't think of another one i don't think mcdonald's has got into that area they're too worried about mcribs which i'm ready (laughs) for mcribs too (laughs) 
<laughs> which is not a real. Oh, come on now. Don't, don't ruin uh, it for us here. I, I, I got to. I'm the barbecue guy. I got to break. I got to burst your bubble. My oh, man. man. I, like, not a real. I like a good McRib sandwich come November. Uh, it's, it's not bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I see you're biting your tongue over there. Yeah, well, yeah, I, want we'll you to, there. <laughs> I want you to bite that tongue for just a moment. We have to take a break, Matt. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with you. We have not talked about, we've talked plenty now about hot dogs and even corn dogs, but what about when it comes to the 4th of July, what is the way that we need to prepare hamburgers and the other big July 4th item on the grill ribs that's coming up next as the y'all show concludes this hour. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. It is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. An early happy 4th of July to all y'all. We've got our 4th of July pitmaster joining us right now. Matt Hearman's the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. Matt, hey, how is the Hearman's family? How, how are you getting ready to celebrate the big holiday? Well, I think uh, you teased it a little bit before the break. I'm going to be... Uh I'm going to be making some barbecue, and particularly, I'm going to be doing some uh, spare ribs. Ooh. So, uh, I'm going to pass. We're going to have just a little, just a little get together. Not a lot of people, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to be doing a whole lot of um, burger and 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 hot dog grilling. I'm going to have my ribs on the smoker and 
time it to where they're ready to roll when when everybody comes over that's that's the way i'm doing it this year okay well we talked about it on a previous barrister episode with you that when the fourth of july falls like it does this year on a thursday probably Mm -hmm. dampens the mood a little bit you might not have as big of a blowout as you might have if it were on the weekend or even on a monday yeah absolutely i mean um you're right. It's a little disappointing. I mean, it's never, you know, hey, a holiday is never, never disappointing, but you really like it to be on a Monday or a Friday. And, you know, when you have a, a holiday that's just the fourth of the month, you just never know when it's going to fall. But, hey, you can still make it worth it. Just get started early. And you, know, you, you know, know I, told, I told that old Ben Franklin and John Hancock when they signed that piece of paper back in 1776, I said, let's not make it on the 4th of July. Let's make it on the first Monday of the yeah. week of the 4th of July. So it would always fall on a holiday. They didn't listen to yeah. it. No, they should have. And I, I will say this, you're, you're looking pretty good for your age, my man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's all the good barbecue that I get to eat. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you've got the spare ribs coming up. Why, why are you going with spare ribs this year? Well, I happen to love uh, spare ribs. They're, they're my favorites. I have nothing against baby backs. I love them, too. I got plenty of love for all the pig meats, but, uh, you know, I haven't had spares for a while. I do love spare ribs, and I'm going to do them. Uh, I like to do spare ribs uh, Memphis style, kind of what we've talked about before on the show. So um, if I go baby back, so I usually go a little sweeter route, uh, maybe with a, a sweeter rub and a glaze. But I'm going to do spare ribs. I'm going to do them Memphis style with a dry rub, and they're completely savory. I just like them that way. Uh, so, and hey, and people coming over, uh, they like them that way too. So uh, it worked out great. So that's that is why I'm doing ribs. Plus, I can get them started early, and by the time take me about four or five hours to cook them. So by the time I uh, once I get them rolling, uh, by the time everybody comes over, we can eat. So well, uh, I got two questions. What time do yes, I show? Up? What time do I show up? And what do I wear? <laughs> i'll tell you what you can show up anytime you want um and uh, i will i will package a rack for you i'll be like uh you know i'll be like to go ah, i'll roll i'll wrap no, one up for you no, i want to hang out there. there all day and drink your beer and and, and celebrate america well that, now that's the real now that's the real fourth of july tr- tradition is it not show up to somebody's house and drink their beer yeah that is what it's all about that's right? what i'm working on come fourth yeah. of july this year i'll be knocking on your door all right so you got spare ribs going is that what you recommend the rest of the south to do here on this fourth of july is there another rib no. that might be more appropriate for the average oh. southerner um no no i mean if you're gonna do ribs you got two options well i'd say you got two and a half options you've got uh, your baby backs you got your spare ribs and then uh you know there's something called a country style rib which is not even really a rib what is it? Uh, it is it is a piece of uh it's kind of a, a country style rib is a it's part it's next to the rib and it also contains a rib tip and a rib tip is not part of the rib either it's kind of an end piece of meat uh, that is attached to the rib that is usually when you have St. Louis style cut ribs, which are just trimmed up ribs that most people recognize as a rack of ribs, you cut off the tips. Um, and part of that is the country style rib. So when you see a country style rib, a lot of times they're not smoked like barbecue. So when you say barbecue, of course, we're talking about low, slow, uh, smoke, you know, 250 to 275 type temperature. Um, we've kind of covered that in the past, but when you use a country style rib, some people will bake them. Some people will uh, put them in a pan in the oven with some sauce and just kind of cook them till they fall apart. It's not usually a quote unquote rib that, uh, that you can put on the smoker and eat like a rib. It's more of a chunk of meat 
that needs to be cooked almost like braised to make it soft and tender. So that's why I said two and a half because it's called a country style rib. It's really not a rib. So you're typically going to talk about spares uh, or baby backs. And hey, that you know what? This is America. We talk about freedom. Uh, you you are free to choose the spare or the baby back. Baby back is a little bit smaller. I would say a little bit, a uh, little less uh, fatty. I would say a little bit less flavorful, but I love both of them. And I think uh, both of them have their strengths. Uh, spare ribs probably a little tougher to cook perfectly, but um, I would say. But not uh, at your meat. house. No, 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 not. And I'm sure there are folks out there saying, man, I can nail a spare rib too. So, yeah, yeah it's just what you prefer. I would say they're probably 50-50 as far as popularity across the South. Yeah, good, good stuff either way. And spare ribs commonly found at all your major grocery stores, oh, yeah. or do you go to a little bit snobbier place to get yours? I mean, there's a, I, I go to a meat market, but I have no problem going to my local, you know, big chain grocery store either. You're always typically going to find baby back ribs or spare ribs and they, there's different names for them. So you'll see baby backs. They'll, they'll be called back loin or loin back ribs. Sometimes they will be called baby back ribs. When you see spares, sometimes it'll say St. Louis cut ribs or St. Louis spares. They're named differently. The, 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 the easiest way to tell them apart if the names are confusing to you. Uh, a spare rib is usually flatter and longer, and a baby back rib is kind of U-shaped and a little bit smaller. So if you can, you can put your ribs down and kind of look through a tunnel. Uh, you know, you have the rib bones kind of convex on the counter, and you can see a tunnel like a train would go through. That's a baby back. <laughs> put them down, and you put them down flat, and there's no tunnel. That's a spare rib. That's the easiest way to tell. Ah. See, I knew you knew all these little tricks. Golly, uh-huh, how, how uh-huh. can we have made it in life without the barrister helping us out? <laughs> I don't know. That's some pretty important stuff, i got to be honest. So, Matt, for you and or our audience here today, when we go hit the pillow on the night of July 3rd, heading into July 4th, what, if anything, will you have been working on or should we be working on before we go to bed to get ready for a big grilling day on Thursday? Oh, man. Great uh, question. The best thing you can do is get prepped the night before. Okay. Particularly uh, if you are going to do barbecue. So, in other words, you are going to fire up your smoker and you are going to cook something large like a rack of ribs or multiple racks of ribs for a party. Or if you're going to cook a pork butt or if you're going to put a uh, brisket on or if you're going to smoke whole chickens. Something large like that that you know is going to take you four or five, even eight, 10 hours for a pork shoulder or pork butt, get prepped the day before. But you can even do that when I say get prepped the day before. Get your rub on there. Uh, Get it trimmed up the way you like it. If you like to remove the membrane from your ribs, do that ahead of time. Um, Get it in a Ziploc bag and get that rub kind of marinating and and soaking into the meat overnight. It's going to help your flavor profile. But guess what? It's also going to be a lot easier when you get up at 7 o'clock in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning to get your fire going and get your barbecue ready to roll for your guests coming later on that day it's a heck of a lot easier just to say oh man look at that i got my my rack of ribs i got my pork butt already seasoned up rub's been sitting on there overnight all i gotta do is stick it right on the smoker and i'm rolling Uh, because that's usually the most unfun or labor-intensive part is getting the meat trimmed up and getting your rub all over it and getting ready to roll because you got to wash your hands off and 
you know, it's fun. It's good. But uh, you do that overnight, you're going to help your flavor profile, and it's going to be a lot easier to get that fire rolling, stick it directly on there. But you can do the same thing even if you're not doing barbecue. If you're just going to grill, get your burger patties made ahead of time. Get them in, get them in the fridge. You know, put some uh, saran wrap or foil over it or whatever you're going to use. Uh, get your hot dogs. I mean, hot dogs don't take much. They're already in a pack. But if you can do burgers, if you're going to do sausages, get everything ready to roll the night before. Put them on a plate. Get everything set up. Maybe you're serving. you got full dishes that you're going to put them into after you're done. Get everything ready. makes it a lot easier. makes it a lot less stressful. Get up. Get cooking. Stretch. Get your coffee. And you're good to go. Is there a time that it's too too much preparation time? I mean, if you want to decide to do that two to three days out before you grill, is that is that too early? Yeah, well, yeah, two to three days. I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't do it. The, the thing the thing about that is, so for instance, if you're doing a, uh, I don't know, this is for the over uh, overachievers of the world. Yeah, the overachiever. Well, I tell you what, if you're going to do hamburgers uh, or something like that. You're not going to be, yeah, you could do it three. As long as you wrap them up, you don't want to have that, that fridge uh, taste to it after three days. But if you're going to wrap them up, you could do them three days ahead of time. Absolutely. It's ground meat. It's going to be fine in there. No problem. I probably wouldn't uh, season my ribs or my pork butt or my brisket three days ahead because salt, uh, the salt in the rub does change the texture. Overnight is good. It'll take some of the excess water out of it. It'll give you a nice texture. But three days may... Okay. Maybe end up cooking jerky at that point. I wouldn't do it three days ahead of time for barbecue, at least. Well, that's very good advice from our barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans, who's talking with us about Fourth of July grilling hot dogs, ribs. By the way, when you go to his place on the Fourth of July and you line up, and he's ready to to reach out there with his tongs and serve you up a rib, you can look at the barrister and you can say, "Spare me." <laughs> yeah yeah not bad and remember everybody my buddy uh that i that's uh that i talk to every once in a while gave me the best advice when you go over to a fourth of july party uh and the host asks you hey you know what's your favorite beer uh you say uh yours <laughs> so that's uh that's always the way it goes so how much drinking do you do on the fourth of july oh i i, I never touch stuff john okay no, no, I never do. No, I just drink ice water and, uh, you know, I keep my Bible close to me. I don't do any, I don't do any of that. I don't yeah. do any of that. Well, did you hear about the place Chatham Ford in Chatham, Alabama last week? They had a promotion of selling pickup trucks that if you bought a pickup truck from Chatham Ford, you could get a Bible, a shotgun, and American flag with your truck purchase. <laughs> now, they should have thrown in a little barbecue, too. Now, that would have been the, the home oh, yeah. of Southernism. They didn't do that. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's good, too. I mean, you can, uh, you know, that didn't, that, they're not out a whole lot on that. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty good promotion. I like it. And we appreciate Chatham Ford on Instagram following us. We put out that they had done that promotion and they gave us a, a good Southern return of a follow on Instagram. So we encourage everybody to go to our Instagram page, y'all show and, and follow us, like us. And we'll put out information about our barristers, bodacious barbecue report here this week. And we'll even have some fun images to go along with that posting. I know you're all about Instagram these days, barrister. If I knew what it was, I would be. <laughs> uh, stay away from it if you can. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people no, are into can. it. And so we're we're all about y'all here. So we're having to, 
to adapt to the social media world that we live in, and that includes promotion and promoting ourselves and, more importantly, promoting the Barrister Bodacious Barbecue. Well, Matt, before we get out of here talking about Fourth of July, if you're not going to be doing the hot dog option, if you're not going to be doing ribs, or you're you're looking to combine a bunch of options, we haven't talked about hamburgers. And mm-hmm. I, I love me a good hamburger. One of the great things about the Fourth of July, oftentimes people do all three of these things: the triumphant, oh, yeah. the triumvirate of Southern cooking on the grill on the Fourth of July, because you got a little extra time. It's a holiday. Why not just kind of go all out? And that's what most Southerners try to at least do two, if not all three, of mm-hmm. these things. So, burger wise, what do you recommend for the Fourth of July? Yeah. Um I like my burgers on charcoal. Uh, that's the best, you know, that's the uh, the good thing. The best situation, the way you just described it, is to have your smoker going with ribs. That takes a long time, obviously. Then you got your charcoal grill for the burgers. Then you got your gas grill for the hot dogs. They don't really need any smoke or any charcoal to it because you're just cooking them up. So, you know, if you're, if you're uh, a crazy barbecue and grill and loon like me you just got your propane grill you got your charcoal grill and you got your smoker so you're doing three things at once you're multitasking if i could if i was going to do that that's the way i would do it for sure we'll do it you know i've already got my i've already got my plan i've Uh. already got my plan you know I, i told you before uh you know i don't touch the the devil's juice but if i were i'd want to have some, <laughs> i would uh i would want to have plenty of time to to enjoy that so uh, in theory i want to keep my my schedule a little bit open to uh, to uh, talk to my guests and things like that but i would say burger if you got a charcoal grill do it on the charcoal it'll be fine on the gas but there's nothing like a burger on charcoal uh, put your cheese on it put the lid down to melt the cheese when the burger's almost done pull it off you're good to go all right, so let me ask you this very personal question. I, yes, I want the best for you, and the best includes <laughs> having all three options. Okay, so you're obviously not comfortable with yourself to pull off all three. Is there a trusted person <laughs> that you can go to to help you co-pilot a big grill day? Is there someone you trust that can help you? Uh, short answer, no. Okay, because you, no, you, you said you were a loon. You said you were a grilling loon. So <laughs> I am. I mean, is there, I got to do it myself. Is man. there not that's, one that's of those three of that maybe somebody else with not quite the experience you have could actually pull it off? Uh, you know, I guess if I had to delegate, it would be the hot dog. I mean, you can't really mess up a hot dog. I mean, you can, but it, it's more, it's very difficult to mess up a hot dog. A burger uh, requires a little bit higher skill level to make sure it's done properly, not overcooked and perfectly nice and pink and juicy inside. I get the cheese melted nicely. And then, of course, I would never have anyone assist me with the ribs. That, that's a piece of art that you can't have anybody sticking their paintbrush in and messing up for sure. <laughs> paintbrush. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I'm creating a, you know, if I'm going to create a piece of uh, smoked artwork, it's got to be my own personal creation. You don't have somebody else coming in and helping you with a statue or a painting if you're Michelangelo. You got to do it yourself, right? Yeah. So that's the that's the hierarchy. Nobody touches my barbecue burgers. I like to do those myself. I might delegate hot dogs, maybe. We'll, well see. I did go up to a guy named Van Gogh one time and lended him my ear, but he didn't want to help Oof. out. Oof. Was that too nice. soon? Too soon? 
Yeah, only what five hundred years. Yeah, yeah I don't think he's good. quite that old. I don't think he's quite that old. No, maybe three hundred years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, yeah. I didn't take art history in college like you probably did. Uh, Matt, let's talk about something <laughs> that is relevant in the South here this time of year. Besides having the Fourth of July, where we all can go out and celebrate. You know, somewhere wherever you are in the South, at some point in the day, there is a chance of some kind of rain or a thunderstorm popping mm. in. How does that impact your grilling? when you know that that's probably going to happen well if you know that's probably going to happen get you a tent okay um or you know if you're having it at your house hopefully you've got a little covered porch out back but a lot of people i know uh, and you, i'm sure you as well they're going to be doing things in parks or they're going to be doing things in kind of large open areas uh get you an easy up tent or I guess that's a general term for it. I don't care what brand it is, but one of those four corner pop-up tents, if you think it's going to rain, get it set up ahead of time. That way you can have your, your charcoal, your wood, everything underneath, get your cooler, get a table to prep, make your, you know, set up a little barbecue tent, you know, pretend like you're doing Memphis in May, (laughs) get your tent ready to keep you, you know, to keep you out of the rain. If you know ahead of time, if there's even a chance of rain in your schedule, you don't want to screw that up. So uh, get your cheap tent. I brought that up because yeah, we're in the South and it's the summertime. It's probably going to rain at some point. It might last for two minutes, but we we don't want you to use that as an excuse not to grill out on the 4th of July. That's exactly right exactly right and and you know the storms that roll through in the middle of the day you get three three inches in about 20 minutes that'll wash all your that'll hurt your feelings as they say so um yeah get your tent 20 bucks at the store no big deal easy easy peasy no excuses keep your stuff dry it also will and, keep uh, the sun off of you i guess too it will it will yeah, absolutely but uh yeah you don't want yeah you don't want to screw that up you don't want to have any type of uh let down due to rain just over prep over prep and make sure it goes off without a hitch and pull it off and when the day is over and you hit the pillow on the night of the fourth of july you can sit back and say golly that barbecue barrister he came through once again here with all his great recommendations and i want to go ahead and thank all of you listening for listening and i want to thank the barrister for that great advice he's the sage of sauce well i like that i'm gonna take that one yeah and in addition to being the barrister of course yeah yeah happy fourth of july we wish you the best with your spare ribs come the fourth of july and we look forward to catching up with you again and finding out how it all went i appreciate the well wishes and i cannot wait to speak to you next time as usual all right matt hermans everybody get out there and again don't use mother nature as an excuse go get you that cheap pop-up tent and get to grilling on the 4th of July. Well, that will wrap up our y'all today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be right back here with the Wednesday edition, which will also be our final edition of the week. We'll be on Encore Mode on Thursday and Friday as we celebrate the 4th of July. And I'm sure most of you will kind of have an extended weekend as well. So, hey, enjoy it while you can. It's summer, y'all and enjoy your next couple of days but we have a great show coming up wednesday we've got precious with all the country music news we've got more sports to pass along it should be a dandy again you can catch us here on the y'all show anytime our number is 803-816-1170 and on the world wide web we're y'all.com and on facebook y'all.com until our next show thank you for listening to the y'all show with john rawl talk with a southern accent
Blue Star medicated ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirror bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Message and data rates may apply. Up to eight messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. Here's news so exciting, it'll put you right to sleep. Right now, Purple Mattress is celebrating the 4th of July by giving you 10% off your Purple Mattress. That's right, get 10% off your purchase of a Purple Mattress right now during their huge 4th of July sale. This is your best chance to savor this true scientific breakthrough in sleep comfort. Purple is not memory foam. These patented new materials in a brand new design cradle your pressure points, suspend you in the feeling of weightlessness, and let you sleep cooler, deeper, and better than you ever imagined. And even better than waking up refreshed? Waking up with all the extra money you saved. You can even try the Purple Mattress risk-free for 100 nights. Hurry, don't miss your chance to get a Purple Mattress with their best deal ever. 10% off for a limited time during the huge 4th of July sale. Get 10% off a Purple Mattress by texting TRY to 303030. Text TRY to 303030. That's T-R-Y to 303030.